This is Aaron Greenberg. I lead the Xbox games marketing team. I'm very excited to be talking with the Party Chat podcast uh, on the Xbox One subreddit. Xbox on. Game on, baby. Wow! Welcome to Xbox One Party Chat, the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. I am this week's host, Ross, and I don't know why I said it like that, and I'm joined by, not your favourite uncle, it's Reese. Yeah, hi. I, I was like this close to impersonating uh, Clay, but I, I let it slide. Yeah, it's probably a good idea, to be honest. Each week, we cover the top submitted posts over on the Xbox One subreddit. Congratulations to Clay, who just had, what, 51 episodes? He's over 50 on Oh, he's got show. he's got his one-year birthday coming up very soon, Clay, and we may or may not have a surprise for you. <laughs> so, anyway, we've not got one, but two amazing interviews for you this week. So, first up, Reese. First up this week is a little indie developer from the UK called Three Fields Entertainment. And these guys are very special because they are made up of the ex-founders of Criterion, who made the Burnout series. So uh, let's get Three Fields on the pod. Xbox Snap, this week's interview. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's interview. Uh, we have a very special set of guests this week. We actually have two people on the podcast. We've got Alex Ward and Christopher Roberts, and they are the guys from Three Fields Entertainment who just recently released Dangerous Golf onto the Xbox One. Say hi, guys. Hi. Uh. Hi. Um, so people may not have heard of your company or know who you are, uh, so... How about you explain to us who you are, what you've done, and and, and a little bit about yourselves. Um, I'm Alex Ward. I'm creative director and one of the founders of Three Fields Entertainment. We're a small indie developer of 11 people based in Petersfield in Hampshire in England. And we've just released Dangerous Golf for Xbox One, uh, PC, and PlayStation. Um, before that, uh, for 13 years, from 2000 to 2013, I was creative director of Criterion Games in Guildford. And I worked on and started um, games you might have heard of, such as uh, Burnout 1, 2, 3, Takedown, Revenge, Burnout Paradise, uh, Black, and Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Nice. And Chris? Yeah, uh, I'm a game designer at Three Fields Entertainment, and uh, I joined Alex. I think I was the third member on the Burnout team, uh, and I worked on Burnout 1, 2, 3, and Revenge. Uh, and uh, and then I left Criterion for a little while, floated around EA for a bit, and then I came back and I worked on Need for Speed Most Wanted uh, and uh, Need for Speed Rivals. And then I got fed up with the whole big company vibe, and I joined joined Alex at uh, Three Fields Entertainment. And uh, I've never enjoyed games more than I do now. Brilliant, brilliant. So uh, tell us a little bit about your game. Now, the name Dangerous Golf is a little bit ambiguous so basically just tell us what it's all about for those who haven't played so uh we wanted to make it want to do something new obviously we made driving games for a long time we want to do something new and we uh quit our jobs at electronic arts a group of us in uh, 2013 
And in February 2014, we founded Three Fields Entertainment. And we wanted to do something different, and we wanted to make an arcade game. Um, so we tried to look. We uh, were big fans, obviously, all that stuff. We've been big influenced by arcade games. We wanted to make something that was fun, that had co-op play-in, that you could play against your friends with. We wanted to do something that had big physics in and big explosions. And uh, it was just a fun game that would put a smile on your face. So uh, the, I think the day we formed the company, uh, obviously everyone looks at you and say, what are we going to do? So I walked in and said, uh, let's make dangerous golf and set the ball on fire. So it's crash mode with a golf ball. And that's what we did. Fantastic. Yeah, because basically golf games are traditionally rubbish. Like, to see it, or rubbish, boring. <laughs> that's why we did it. We used to say the same about car games in 1999, to be honest. Uh, yeah, true. golf, like I said, we started off with a very simple proposition, which we told a lot of people. Um, golf's boring. Golf games are boring, and golf games that are made for golfers. Well, golf games are boring. Golfers are boring, and uh, golf games made for golfers are boring. Uh, and I believe I've played video games for a long, long time, and I always believe that I'm not. I'm not a sports fan at all. I don't watch any sport, but I'll play sport video games as long as it's a fun game. Um, as long as it's a fun two-player game, you can have a lot of fun. Um, I don't know the rules of American football, but I used to play Super Bowl on Commodore 64 in about 1980. Six by Ocean. Um, you know, if it's a good game, I'll, if it's a fun game, I'll play it. You know, I don't really play frisbee, but I like Windjammers on Neo Geo. So you can make a good game out of anything, really. So golf, we suddenly thought it's ripe for the taking, just like we used to think about car games. We thought they're a bit slow, they're dull, um, and they don't really do anything. But if you look at when Hollywood puts golf in a film, which is very rarely. Um, they normally feature um, trick shots. They normally, you know, feature... You only see golf on the news when someone's playing out of a tree or knocking it out of a lake or something like that. And when you see uh, golf films, they're very irreverent. Um, and that's films like Happy Gilmore, Tin Cup, or Caddyshack, if you're old enough to have seen that with uh, Bill Murray, <laughs> Harold Ramis, and Chevy Chase. So it has, to be about, um, it has to be about fun and excitement. So you can't do that outdoors because um, that would just be, be really dull. And again, golf is a sport. There's a lot of rules to it. So, you know, NBA Jam was an incredible basketball game years ago. It was the first arcade yeah. game to get a billion dollars in quarters. And it was a game where your trainers caught fire and you can do outrageous dunks. So we just thought, let's do, let's cross crash mode with NBA Jam and put the two things together where the ball's going to catch on fire. And it's going to be about destruction and it's going to be about high scores and it's going to be about beating your friends. And it's not going to be about, you know, funny, obscure controls like a, swing meter and you know golf if we go to pick it up we could we could boot up i don't know rory mcdonald mcelroy golf 2028 xx you know <laughs> no you have to remove a few features first if it's in the game it's in last year's game um we could play a golf game and you know the reason you don't play them live is because uh you know you hand it to your friend you've got to know something about golf right whether you're using a nine iron or a three wood or you know it's a par start off it's a par three and you don't know what the controls are so you like screw it up and you, you're 10 over on the you know straight away and then you go to putt it and it's really hard and they draw up a grid and you don't understand what it means and you know you finish the first hole and it's you've got 18 to go and you've already lost you know you've just already lost so if you're into golf and your friend isn't, you're just kind of knackered and it just takes a long time. So we didn't want to do any of that, but we figured that golf, you know what you've got to do. You've got to put a ball in the hole. So we thought we'll put it indoors. We'll make it about destruction. We'll play for score. And we'll just make something that you can pick up and play that's got a bit of our DNA in it, yeah. which is probably 
silly in jokes and um, explosions. I was about to say, so basically you're saying that the thing that's inherently wrong with golf as a sport is a lack of explosions. Lack of explosions and trick shots, really. Um, if you've seen <laughs> Tick Cup... Break or knock over. Yeah, if you've seen mm. Tick Cup with Kevin Costner, the highlight of the film is where he bounces the ball off a portable toilet to knock it back. <laughs> um, and, 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 and again, so again, you know, going back to try and answer your question, we founded Three Fields in February 2014. And the month before that, I got Netflix for the first time. I'd just got a PS4, that other machine. <laughs> Did we just say that? I just got a PS4, and hey, we're, we're all big boys, right? Uh, <laughs> I joke, we, we all own one. And it's the first we all own one, yeah. <laughs> thing I ever saw on Netflix was a movie called The Short Game, which was a Netflix documentary. And it's a movie, a documentary that was, I think, produced by Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel. And it was about young golfers in the World Cup of 70-year-old golfers. And uh, you should watch it if you have Netflix. See, it's a really, again, inspiring film of these young kids who are very driven and they belt the ball really hard in slow motion. And um, Great slow motion. Mate. Great, great slow motion stuff. Yeah. So what, they, they've them. actually perfected how to move slowly and yeah. the ball or is it's it a, a camera trick? I swear to God, it's a, it's a, it's really, a, camera. a very <laughs> inspiring movie. So we just thought, let's have a play with it, really. We had to do something... If you're starting your own company and using your own money, you've got to do something you kind of know. So we kind of, me and Chris and Fiona and uh, Paul Ross, who's one of the directors of the company, we kind of finish each other's sentences and we know where we've been and what we did and what we couldn't do and stuff. So Chris is the original designer of Crash Mode in Burnout. He started that back in Burnout. Can I identify it with you? You know, that way it's it's familiar in that sense and it's immediately identifiable what you have to do. So you, you've hit the nail on the head there. And from coming playing the game, I picked it up and I knew exactly what I had to do. Just put that ball in the hole. That's good. So, perfect. And, perfect. and explode all the things. So, you, you yeah. mentioned a few people that work there, but how big is the team now? So, uh, if you've booted the game since our update, there's a picture of us on the top. <laughs> there's 11 of us. So, the three directors of the company are myself, Fiona Sperry and Paul Ross. Fiona was the CEO of Criterion. And for a short time, yeah, you were up from 2000 to i don't know what 2013 um paul ross was the technical director of criterion um he's the longest serving member of, that was at criterion he joined before myself or fiona um and we've got uh a group of us uh people come with us who joined us at, at different times um but myself uh fiona and chris are the people that go back to first burnout um, back in nice. 2000, January 2000. Yeah. Speaking of burnout, like, how hard was it to make the transition from from making like you guys are probably or were Criterion probably were slash are one of the best developers for racing games in the world. Like everybody knows that a Criterion racing game is awesome if you like arcade racing, and so you know you you worked so long on racing games except that one first person shooter Black. Uh, what was it like to go from so many years making driving games to explosion golf? Well, I think, I have to be honest, the question I always think there is, um, I'm a big Beatles fan. And um, there's an interview with the Beatles where they said, what's it like now writing songs that you're rich and famous? And he said, I think John Lennon says, we used to sit on a cold bench and now we've got posh curtains, cushions to sit on. <laughs> um, so it's like um, it's exactly the same. I mean, yeah. It, 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 this, 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 
this business is this business is based on fun, but it's pretty much a lot of time um, sitting around talking, uh, playing games, and then many long months sitting at a PC, um, building a game and trying to make things work. So it's no different to. I always say it's no different to, I don't know, making furniture. It's just there's a certain glamour and magic attached to it. If we're making furniture and you came to our office, you'd say, how many chairs are you going to make? We'll say 300 and we've done three and you can see how far we've got to go. Um, you make a game, people come and expect to see something finished. And the reality is for, for a long time, there isn't, there can't be much to play. So um, our past dictated that we wanted to change that and we believe that in the time that we'd been at Criterion, we'd gone from a small team. Burnout One was about 35 people. We'd gone all the way up to the studio. It was about 180 people on black on PlayStation 2. Wow. Uh, then, then we'd come all the way back down again. Um, we believe that tools and technology had improved massively. Um, dev kits and things like that were free. Yeah. Engines were free. We didn't want to continue making our own engine and technology anymore. Um, we just wanted to get back to pure game making. So it's very liberating. It's very freeing. We've have no development managers or producers in the company. We don't meet. We've built 16,000 playable versions of Dangerous Golf. There's no PowerPoints. There's yeah. no PowerPoints. There's no asking anyone. Obviously, you work in a big company um, like we used to do. You have to justify the money, right, all the time. Mm. Every decision, and you have to get buy-in from lots of groups of people. And that can be very fun, and it can be very challenging, and it can be debilitating, but it can be inspiring. And I always found it quite inspiring. Um, but we just wanted to get back to making games like it was when we started Burnout in 2000. We just wanted to get back to a group of us in a room in an open plan office where everybody hears everything um, and we just get on with it and we just make a game and you just try and make it better and do things that that if we think it's fun and then and if we can make you laugh, then we've done our job, you know. Well, yeah, that's a that's a really cool sentiment, you know, because like I've uh, I've been speaking to a lot of like really um really famous like old school sort of developers for example um uh brian fargo and and david braben and oh, they've okay. been in the, yeah. in the game forever um and both of them have expressed almost the exact same sentiment to me both of them went to um both of them went to kickstarter because they were sick of having to ask like supplicate to the big uh big publishers you know to get the game made that they wanted to make, sure. you know, Brian wanted to make uh, Wasteland and and the new Torment game, and, and David wanted to make the new Elite game, and no one wanted that uh, in the publisher side of things, so they went to to Kickstarter. And uh, I actually just wanted to ask, like, why didn't uh, why didn't you guys uh, go down that road? Like, uh, what did you choose to to to, to sort of you know do it this way was there a particular reason you didn't want to try crowdfunding or you just didn't need it directors of the company pulled their life savings to start the company and oh wow really so three of us well so for the start of us for the first year so three of us so i haven't earned a penny since 2013 now so three of us have worked for Ooh. nothing and continue to do so um supported by our wives and families um phil mcguire our brilliant programmer who was responsible for amongst other things rolling mop buckets in dangerous golf, um, uh, he gave <laughs> start the company. He gave us a year of his time for free, also. Um, so uh, we just wanted to get on with it. Uh, we believed in ourselves. It's it's like forming a band, right? Um, if you can play the instruments and you believe you can sing the song, you don't have to put your hand out. So we've spent our money. I'll put all my life savings into the company to hire guys like Chris and Alex Veal and. 
and uh, and Fong and 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 Johnny Gust and you know uh, Kickstarter don't you know honest answer don't really know anything about it you know yeah. and Emily came onto Reddit seven days ago we've just been really busy for a long time making video games and doing what what we know um, so again um, you know who knows we might do it in the future I don't know I I don't really know anything about it and we didn't really have enough time to start go reading about it all I'd seen is that some projects work and other projects fail. Um, so we decided golf, let's, you know, we were a small team. Let's just build it and see what happens. Either we succeed or we fail, you know. It's refreshing in this age that people have been relying on crowdfunding just to say, no, I I, I believe in what we're going to do. We're going to invest their own money and their own lives into it. That's actually a rarity nowadays almost. because inspiring, true, Yeah, it is, yeah. Okay. I don't personally know anybody else who's certainly not put a game out. I'm not sure there's another game in the UK that's been made in the past couple of years. I mean, we're not millionaires, right? We're not driving yachts and all that stuff, and, you know, we're really not. Um, but... Chris, <laughs> was guys... going to say, I've got a yacht, but... Uh... You guys can't see this, but uh, we're all on video, and their their facial expressions were priceless just then. Yeah, so we're not so, but we put a game out on three systems simultaneously on console. Yeah, and a lot of indie developers, again, it's if you're small guys, everybody has their own journey, right? Um, but we didn't, we didn't build something and then sell it to Sony or Microsoft. We didn't want anyone to control our IP. Um, we always felt that way. Back making Burnout one, two, and three, we controlled the IP, a claim, and then EA didn't control it. EA only took control of it when they acquired the company. Uh, we always controlled our IP, and that's the that that's what we believe is the path that developers have to do because we're the people doing the work. Um, that's why to make it from us. It's yeah, this this game is from us. That, yeah, this this game is us. It's part of our DNA. Um, and again, we didn't have to. We spent our money carefully. Um, you know, there's a lot of everyone made sacrifices along the way. Our families made sacrifices along the way. Um, so that's the choice we decided to do. We believe in ourselves. We believe in our team. And we believe in what we can make. Um, it's not for everyone, but there's nothing we can do about that. I suppose yeah. you could go down. Well, it could be seen almost that you've done the very, very classic route in this sense, because not relying on crowdfunding, not going to Steam Early Access or or, or any of the Early Access programs, just having a game down. It's almost went full circle to the late 80s of a, an independent team making a game and just releasing it, isn't it? Instead of yeah. in stages. Yeah, although, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've followed games since 81. I mean, pretty much in the UK, at least, it was pretty much, you know, you had, yeah. to, you had to, unless you were, you know, someone like Jeff Minter, one of my heroes, who I sent the game to recently. Um, <laughs> was that he, a big moment? He would publish, he published his own games as Llamasoft. Um, going through later on, if you wanted to publish on Sega or Nintendo, if you were a talented person in Europe, you had to work for a bigger company that had a, development deal with Sega and Nintendo and development systems used to be £20,000 um, so it would have been impossible for us to do this until very recently where you know we can access world class engines like Unreal Engine 4 for little to no cost um, and we don't, you know, we started in the office on day one with some MacBooks that we all personally owned and you know some tablets because that's what we had and then i think microsoft were the first guys to send us dev kits they sent us dev kits i think 14 days after we assembled in the office which was just fantastic yeah, yeah. they've been 
Um, Microsoft guys just amazing to us right from the start. Really amazing. Firing. Did you guys meet uh, Agostino Simonetta from the yeah. Elite Xbox yeah, program? Dude. Yeah, yeah. He's Ag- 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 is the best. Ago is one of our first testers, one of the first people to yeah. play the early holds. I think when we had eight eight holds, ten holds built, he came down with Charlie Skillbeck, another Xbox guy, and I think they played for like three hours. Probably <laughs> about probably about a year ago, just before, probably last end of May. Last year, that's when Charlie was the yeah. Ago and Charlie were the first, first real testers. There's something that my wife and I love to do as couch co-op. Yeah, course, that's something that you've included mm-hmm. in it. How important for you was, you know, having couch co-op in the game? It it was really important. I think I think um for me uh as a slightly different thing is like playing a game with my kids as well. Yeah, uh, it's kind of important. Like I've got an eight year old and a a six-year-old and um being able to play a game that i've made with them and the way we'd set the game up in the fact that they could go first make a mess uh and then i can sort of do enough to get get its progression as i, as I follow up but I mean, yeah. that was that was a lot of work for us i mean it's a technical challenge because we had it so player one makes a big mess and player two gets to play in that mess and uh, we had to make sure it all, all, all lined up and i think sitting together on on the sofa and and take taking on this this task is is a lot of fun and 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 also you can have strategies like oh leave me enough stuff for my smash breaker don't hit that i'll go to the secret source this time and you clear you clear you clear all the table and having that that dialogue and you know watching my two kids have that dialogue after on, on something i've made has been you know one of the most enjoyable things to be honest with you yeah. and it, it it's really cool and i think i think people like to do that and not many games allow that uh, these days and yeah also the, the the couch co-op and also the couch party play as well like the past the pad stuff uh i i think it is really important and, and yeah. it's kind of a little bit neglected we miss that we miss that and we have fond memories of playing different games like that throughout the years we've been playing games and 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 we miss it so it was important to us we think that if you have kids um and if you work in the games industry you've got kids you often can't show your kids the work um, that you're doing because the game might not be appropriate for the ages of the children and it, all anyone wants to do in the business is come home and share their work mm-hmm. and their passion with their family so to be able to with our game we're very proud of the fact that it's E for everybody in America rating and a Peggy 3 in Europe so it was very deliberate to us that we wanted to destroy you know hamburgers and um, knock down cartons of cereal and stuff rather than be chopping people's heads off and stabbing people in the heart because there's enough of that in the world and there's enough of that in gaming right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, as we said, rolling mop buckets and breaking up urinals is a uh, <laughs> neglected part of gaming. Uh, yeah, with, with new hardware on the horizon, these things demand, these problems demand to be solved. <laughs> so, um, actually, I wanted to ask you guys, have you played the uh, the Katamari series? Because... Katamari is a bit like your game in reverse. Have you played them? Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've played Katamari, yeah. Um, it, that, that whole it's sort of... overpriced, obscure, and Japanese. If a game importer has marked the price up by 300%, Christopher's going to walk in and buy it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in my past, you know, I haven't got any money now, so, you know, I can't do that. But, uh, yeah, Katamari, yeah, the whole... I think there's something, there was something in that game as well. You were making a mess in normal locations. Uh, yeah, the whole collecting the whole contents of someone's house and mm-hmm. attaching weird things and that yeah, I, that that's that's very appealing. And 
you know, we, we definitely have that sort of sim- some of those similarities in our appeal, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, my girlfriend especially is a huge fan of, of the Katamari series. It's just something sort of uh, lethargic. Is it lethargic the word? It's like lethargic. it's relaxing. It's cathartic, yeah. It's cathartic, that's the yeah, word. Like... Lethargic is being lazy. See, I, I speak English. That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> about just like rolling, just rolling up a whole con- a house worth of content into a giant ball. It's, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But it's somehow, it's somehow good. And, and, and the same thing also applies to smashing an entire house's worth of, worth of stuff. And I mean, like, it sort of taps into the very essence of, of what people do in video games. I mean, like, the first thing that people do when they're presented with stuff is try to break it in a game, like 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 pots in Zelda, you know. So, yeah. it's 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 kind of cool in that way. But uh, what I want to ask I is, think, uh, I think what you said there is very very interesting. Yeah. Um, when you said it's cathartic, if you think back to when you were very very small, uh, in the first time you're in a playground, there were many different games that were played. How people played, very many different games, right? Um, they weren't necessarily all based around fighting each other. And whilst some boys played army, you know, and pretended to be a soldier, that was not everybody. There was lots of different fantasy, normally based on what was on television or a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's many different types of play. Like you said, it's fun to make a mess. It's fun to build. It's fun to create. It's fun to draw. It's fun to paint. It's fun to sing. It's fun to dance. It's not necessarily about, I don't know, pushing people over or pretending to acting to kill them. Whereas in gaming, that tends to be the majority at the moment. So there's still, I believe, many untapped areas of gaming um, still to come. I mean, I'm quite old. I'm 44 years old. Um, I was a, you know, diehard Commodore 64 fan and, and still am. Um, and I think back to the middle of the 80s when I was, the t- I was a teenager, um, there was such a wide variety of software. Every week would be new games, a, a very wide variety of different experiences from pretending to be a flea to be pretending to be a tennis ball to exploring, some, exploring somebody's mind to, you know, being a scavenger in space. There was every week was a different experience. And um, I, I found that very, very exciting. It had a profound effect on me. So I think that we've always been focused on myself, Chris and some of the other guys. We've always been focused on. Um, a simplicity in some ways you said people just want to smash stuff up um that's right it's why we made burnout when you watch children play with cars they smash them together in their hands if you show children a computer game in which you have to drive around a track very politely the first thing you want to do is turn around and see if you can go the other way (laughs) (laughs) if you ever saw indy 500 on the amiga that's the thing i did turn around the other way that's what people do so we've always tried to make software that's allowing you to do things you wouldn't normally do in real life. So a small movement with your hand gives you a big movement on screen. Um, and there's a limit, like I said, with Dangerous Golf. Chris touched on this earlier. Game worlds are still currently very static. Um, Chris said very early on to us, you know, if you play GTA, um, the env- everything's nailed down. You know, you yeah. walk your house, everything's nailed down. You can't, in GTA, you can't pick up a clock radio from your bedroom and throw it at someone's head, right? And in in a movie or something, if there was a fight, that's what they would be. So game object, game worlds are very static, and you, if you can make change, the change is disappeared. It has to mop up. You yeah. Know, I'm playing Just Cause 3 at the moment, one of my favorite games in many years. 
I break something and uh, it disappears. I drive my car through a chain link fence. It looks amazing. The chain link fence has to disappear because there's only so many moving parts that can be around you. Gaming is, is an illusion. Even if you play GTA around the player any one time is probably about less than 10 things you can interact with. So we, we challenged ourselves to think about a game where you could make a mess. So if Burnout was making a mess with a car, what's making a mess? And that's, that's like I said, with a golf ball, I'm playing inside. How can I make a mess? Can we smash up? Where are the things do you want to break? Okay, then, well, how about a pa- Buckingham Palace? That'd be amazing. Somewhere really expensive. <laughs> so, surround the player with possibility. Yeah, it's a yeah, possibility yeah. game. So, again, we looked at movies. You know, um, things are normally... Uh, th- it's a naughty moment in a film when something... Normally, the villain is normally rich and the hero is not. And... I, I don't know if you think about, I don't know, Beverly Hills Cop is an example. Um, Bever, uh, uh, Eddie Murphy as Axel Foley is the underdog policeman. He's found himself in Beverly Hills. So when there's a shootout in the rich guy's mansion, if he puts a bullet through a priceless vase, it's kind of fun for the audience and it's fun for him. And too bad for the villain because he's a rich idiot, right? Yeah. That's where we start to think about what's naughty is things that are expensive. So the, one of the levels had to be the palace. Then again, where else do you want to make a mess? kitchen if you if you left your kids in a kitchen and said i'll be back in five minutes don't touch anything leave my kids in the kitchen yeah yeah (laughs) you're gonna go back in there you're gonna see you know flour everywhere chocolate sauce all over the wall you know you get covered in it so that's why kitchen was another level we had to uh, do um so it kind of went from there some things we uh where else where else would you want to be that if you broke something you'd probably have to run away and then supermarket is the next one Everything is so tidy and neat, it is subconsciously tempting you to break it. So in the end, we couldn't build the whole supermarket because it would be massive, right? You'd have all yeah. the different aisles. So that's why it's a convenience store in a yeah. petrol station because that's a nod to Clerks by Kevin Smith, right? Where they fight, the con- uh, um, Dante and Randall fight in the convenience store and, you know, breaking eggs over people's heads and stuff. It's fun to have a fight in a supermarket. So that's why we did that. So yeah, destruction, it, destruction cool. is fun, and we wanted it to feel natural and naughty. Yeah, that's that's great. Actually, you, you basically answered the, the follow-up question I was going to ask. You sort of flowed right into it. So, uh, it's uh, perfect. I've... It sounds perfectly normal to us on paper, but we, yeah. we are fully aware the game sounds completely insane. So I think, well, that's, that's... I think people just look at the title and haven't watched the gameplay or anything else. It, it can be hard to get your your head around, but when you see who developed it, people just click. And get an idea of what it's going to be about. I think that's how I've sold it to people. It's yeah. crash mode, but with golf. And the title like, comes what? from. Um, Good. The title comes from. I think there's a sports club in England called the Dangerous Sports Club. Yeah. And it's where you do various dangerous sports. I always thought it was quite fun. I thought it's a fun name, Dangerous and Golf. It doesn't go together, right? No. Yeah, no, it's great. It it's real... So, um, you mentioned uh, earlier just on the. A completely different topic that you just recently came to Reddit, and I, yeah. I typically ask most of our guests because you know we are a Reddit-based podcast. Uh, if you have any a cool uh, s- small subreddits that you'd like to browse that no one else might know about. Um, yeah, I'm completely anonymous on Reddit. What am I reading at the moment? I think it's quite fantastic. I am reading um, Everyday Carry EDC, which is what is that. From what I can see, it's where people post pictures of what they have in their, what they carry with them all the time, like a wallet. <laughs> and, and I love American, it. So it's always uh, a knife, 
a torch, a bigger knife, <laughs> pepper spray, bald eagle, an iPad, a, an iPod, a phone, and a knife. Um, so they're quite good. And it says like, you know, I'm an IT guy, and I think one guy was getting upvoted because he had ten operating systems on a on a USB key, <laughs> of, nine of which I'd never heard of. That <laughs> was quite funny. Everyone was like, mm, "Yes, very nice." Oh, you know. So there's somebody quite paranoid or very well adjusted somewhere walking around who feels the need to have, you know, don't leave the house, kids, unless you've got ten OSs with you. You never, never know. know. <laughs> he used to walk about with a toothbrush in his pocket. Yeah, you used to walk around. You, you might need to carry an OS with you. So I thought that was quite good. So that's what I've been reading. What about yeah. you, Chris? So I haven't read read it for a while because we, we've been filing and stuff, but. Um... I remember, I remember reading it before we got really busy, and one of the things that I was following is uh, there was a whole bunch. I guess I, I became briefly obsessed with the whole zombie survival guide thing and how you, how you prep for a zombie apocalypse. So I was reading a bunch of subreddits about that, sort of how to prepare your house, uh, <laughs> and, and then that led me to the the book, the zombie survival guide, which I then yeah, read, yeah, yeah. Uh, and. Um, it, it was just the, in, the insane level of detail uh, and preparation of, of these people uh, was, was, was incredible. And uh, it's something I'm going to go back to to see if there's been any, any updates. Uh, but uh, that's that's one of my lapses is that I haven't... Now that we've finished, I'm trying to turn, finished. turn the office back on, turn the office on to Reddit because it's quite fun. Yeah, exactly. Alex has been like coming in with these these mad subreddits he's been looking at. And uh, it's like, okay, need to do that now. Because I think when you're, when you're finaling, you just tend to have these five or six sites just in front of you that you've got like five minutes while waiting for a build or something and you just click. Uh, and I think if I, f- I found if I could click on Reddit, then I might disappear and miss that the, ah. the, the, the build had pinged or that we were, were testing it. Uh, and so now I've got a little bit more free time and a bit more time to think. So I'm going to dive in, I think. Yeah, I think one of the best things about Reddit that, that amuses me the most, apart from the, the wonderful communities we have, especially the guys from the Xbox One subreddit, hi, um, is is the incredibly, incredibly specific subreddits. Like there's one that's pic- for pictures of birds with arms photoshopped onto them. I think it's our birds with arms. Like the, those sorts of those sorts of really weird ones are just are just that's amazing. That's wonderful for me. That's that sort of thing is great. I don't think I'm looking at any weird ones. I'm looking at um, BIFL, which is buy it for life which is quite fascinating discussion about people identifying first-hand experiences of products that you can buy that last a long time, mm. which is great. So it's like, what are the best tools, you know, what are the best brands of tools you can buy? And, um, you know, what are the different things you can do that, uh, you know, products that last you your whole life, which I think that is quite a lot of brands and products I've never heard of, but it's quite interesting. Oh, yeah, that's quite interesting. I think uh, selling buckets or buckets for sale. I can't remember what it is. That's quite interesting for me. Are <laughs> you a bucket enthusiast? No, no, I just can't believe that there's so many bucket enthusiasts. So, <laughs> That's excellent. Um, <laughs> um, check that out. You, you mentioned you're talking about recent builds there. Can I uh, just I mention your up, recent update just went out a few days yes. before we recorded here. And guys, congratulations. It's went down really, really well with the fans. Uh, and they, they've basically been saying that you've listened to them all and, and brought in the stuff that was needed for the game, including the what, reduction of load times. I think it's down to just a few seconds now. Is that right? That's right, yeah. And it's... Uh, yeah, uh, I think 
we we sort of when we were finishing it, we were we, we got we we kept getting the load times down and down and down, and that was that that was a, a great achievement for us. But then you know we had to finish the game and get it out. And then now when you're looking at the the finished hole, it was it it became more clear yes, to us how to me, achieve that. Let me just interrupt there. Chris is saying we have to finish the game and get it out now. You might hear that a lot if you work at Ubisoft, Electronic Arts, Direct Division. We had to finish the game, so we had no more money. Yeah, that's true. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> guys, I need to eat this game this week. Let's release it. We, we only had so much money. We used the life savings, so pretty much run out. So we had to finish and put it out. And to start planning for releasing the game on June the 3rd like we did, that planning starts at the start of the year, you know? So every day in Jan, you have to kind of book that date with... Yeah. Microsoft, right? Oh, yeah. You're getting down to the point where it's like there's so many things still we have to do because there's only 11 of us, and our company's called Three Fields because we all do three different fields or more. We all do three or more jobs, right? That's clever. So we were really up against it because we're doing the game on three systems all at once, and we'd never done it. We were making a game we'd never made before on hardware we'd never worked on before using an engine, Unreal Engine 4, which we'd never used before and had no experience of. So again, it, it, I think it was coming down to are we doing, do we try and make it load quicker or do we do global leaderboards? And it's like, well, how long is it going to take to do global leaderboards? Don't know, about three days. How long is it going to take to make it load quicker? Don't know. <laughs> so really, it's a big risk because the changes we were making, and we did all our own testing as well, right? So it, it was something we were aware of that we were going to put that was on the to-do list. So it's like, we'll put the game out and then we'll make it better. So that's what we did. So we knew that we put the game out. We got a lot of feedback, some good, some bad. And that's what any all developers do. You listen to it and you have a look and you kind of do what you can. So we figured some people didn't understand it. So we did training and we called up Ted Stryker at K-Rock and see if he'd help us. And he, and, and he, and he, and he did it. Um, so we made that and then we tweaked the controls, um, made it, you know, one stick control we put in. And uh, then we uh, fixed the stuff where... A lot of debris could fall on the ball and obscure the camera. So Chris came up with a smash wave and put that in. And then Paul Ross, Alex Veal, and Phil Maguire said, we reckon we can really attack the load times. Um, Boy, did they. And, and they did. So they got it going. But then there were implications. We had to go back and retest everything because there were splats on the wall and stuff. Uh, it, 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 it was a big engineering task for any team, let alone a team of only 11. Because we only got three programmers, you know. Yeah, if you imagine the, the the amount of mess that we have, like at the end of a, a level, yeah. and and the traditional way of cle cleaning that all up is to throw it all away and then load it up again. Um, and what the coders did is essentially send in like a super cleaning team that when it put everything back together and put it all back in the right place uh, okay. in, in about two or three seconds. Wow. Uh, and uh, it's yeah, environment is really easy to reload. A dynamic environment like us with up to three and a half thousand things all over the floor, it was a bit of a challenge. But they bit into it. They took like a pretty much had a day off work and then got back into it. And the team, I'm very very proud of everybody. They worked incredibly hard to get that update done and tested and out to everybody very very quickly. And that's great. Yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. I'm having an absolute ball with the game, guys. Sorry for the pun, but... Um... <laughs> I should have said a fireball, shouldn't I, there? Or... Yeah. That's good to hear. We, we made it to give people a good time, and, and thank you for uh, noticing what we've done with our changes. 
um, thank you for helping us spread the word about our game because we're a player supported studio um, and we rely on um, players like you um, who buy our game to support our studio so we can carry on doing what we love which is making games so without you we wouldn't exist so we thank you and everybody in your community who's bought the game Right, I'm going to move on now to the final question, and this is a question that all the listeners want. That'll be the for. question. I'll, that's the question I'll ask myself on the AMA. Who are the three most important people in the world? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so what? The accent to one another. That's all I can say. <laughs> and party on, dudes. Oh, I'm never going to get to ask Asama. <laughs> Stalling for time. Yeah. <laughs> Which classic video game character could you knock out with one punch? And I'll give you some context. Major Nelson said uh, Frogger. Um, the Xbox support team said pretty much every animal that's ever been in a video game. Nah. It's a bit weird. The, the Duck Hunt Dog was is, duck is hunt dog. popular. Yeah. He, he's, he's I like the Duck Hunt Dog. Well, a lot of people don't. And uh, <laughs> he had better watch his back when he walks down the dark alley at night, I think. He's probably playing Pokemon. I like the Duck Hunt Dog. He was cool. He only exists in a bright, sunny field. He'll never be in a dark alley. Mm. Very true. <laughs> after, uh, you, Chris, after you, Christopher. Yeah, okay, he's still avoiding the question. Uh, <laughs> be excellent to one another. Go on. I, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a video game character, and uh, I don't want to offend anybody, but there's somebody I want to punch, and I think he would probably go down with a single punch, is, is, uh, is Kirby. Because uh, yeah. it just his, his, his ridiculous face offends me slightly. Uh, so I would say that Kirby. I think I could take him. You think you could take Kirby? Yeah, I think so. I think I think uh, he's he's a, he, you know he's just uh, overrated. But what, what, are we talking like angry American box art Kirby or happy Japanese box art Kirby? Uh, I would say um, the angry one. I think is an is like was my first con- point of contact with him. So I think that's probably when it, the early doors of Fence started, I would say. Oh, very nice, very nice. And Alex? <laughs> probably Commander Shepard. Ooh. Which, ooh. <laughs> you think you'd take Shepard? In one punch? Yeah, probably, yeah, probably any, any, any of the Bioware characters, really, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't we know if we want to go into this one. <laughs> I went Kirby and you go Commander Shepard. Yeah, it's a bit of a step up, I think. Kirby, did you mean N64 Kirby, Chris? Yeah. On Kirby's Air Ride? Yeah. Well, most Kirby games, really. Most so. Kirby? Yeah. No, that's probably not probably not Commander Shepard. Um, probably the block from Tetris. Does that count? What one? What shape? The long one. Ah. What one? I would go. I would punch L shape. AKA the bar. I'd go the S. Get rid of the S. The yes. S. Yeah. No. 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 It's the long the S shape comes down the side. Yeah. Mm. I like the long one. It's not too bad. But you well, can take him quite easily. You go. You go quite quickly. Yeah. You just sort of fall over. Well, guys, that was <laughs> wow. Those answers. Um, this has been uh, a fantastic interview. Very interesting. Uh, learned a lot of cool stuff. Um, so uh, where can anybody find you who is interested in learning about your game? Uh, you can. Uh, visitors on um, the interwebs at www.threefieldsentertainment.com. Uh, you can follow us at, on Twitter at threefieldsent number three fields ent. Uh, I think Chris on Twitter is at DJ Gandalf one million. 
One M. Sounds about right. Is it the words one million or the actual numbers? Uh, no, one M. It just amused me. Uh, that, that I just had had this like thing in my head that's like somebody start. Oh, can I be Gandalf? No. Uh, how about DJ Gandalf? Damn, that's taken. And then going through till they got to a million, and then got DJ Gandalf <laughs> a million. So that, that just amused me in its step. I genuinely thought you were taking the mickey with that, so I'm quite yeah, surprised well. to hear that's your <laughs> yeah. actual title. Oh, no, I <laughs> I that makes I me laugh like every day. Is that the best Twitter name ever? DJ Gandalf, one million. Everyone go and follow <laughs> DJ Gandalf, one million right now, and we will rejoin the rest of the podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank yeah. you. Also, guys, don't forget, uh, Three Fields just gave us that amazing interview, but they have an AMA scheduled this Friday. So it's at 10 a.m. EDT. Uh, absolutely come by, check it out, ask the guys any and all the questions that we were too busy fanboying to think of. And yeah, it should be a fun time for everyone. So uh, hopefully we see you then. Well, guys, you've been waiting for it. It's an interview with the one, the only, Mr. Aaron Greenberg. Xbox Snap, this week's interview. So hey guys, we've now got a very special guest on. It's Aaron Greenberg. Welcome to Party Chat, Aaron. It's great to be here. I love the way you pronounce my name. It just sounds better than the way people usually say it. So (laughs) I just keep on saying Aaron for the whole... Yeah, would you be up for maybe helping me with like my voicemail on my phone or something? I mean, it's just everything with the Scottish accent sounds better. For a small fee, I'll do anything. Oh, uh, we've got it. Uh... Well, we've got you on to get some questions. But first of all, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very, very busy schedule, I imagine, to come and join with the Reddit community. My pleasure. I'm a regular Reddit reader, and uh, so it's great to join the podcast. And uh, I've actually, as a result of being scheduled on here, I'm adding you guys to my list of podcasts that I listen to. So I'm going to make an effort to check you guys out and and listen on a regular basis. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. So thank you so much for that. Well, I'm going to get things open with a question. Um, So for anyone who isn't familiar with you, tell us what you do at Xbox and what's a little bit of your history with gaming and the company? Sure. Yeah, so I've been on Xbox for 16 years, believe it or not. So before we launched the original Xbox. Uh, so it's been a fun ride. I currently am the general manager of Xbox Games Marketing. So my team uh, manages uh, what we would refer to as global product marketing for all of both our first-party games, uh, all of our internal studios, and all the exclusive titles that we build uh, with partners, as well as um, our third-party uh, marketing partnerships. Uh, as, uh, so, you know, working with people like Electronic Arts and Ubisoft, uh, ID at Xbox, basically all games. So whether we make them or a partner makes them, uh, we work with them on the um Everything from the early uh, work on the first party side, uh, from concept all the way through to announce to to launch, and uh, and now obviously we do a lot more work post launch as well. Fantastic! That's very that's very exciting. Cool. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you. I mean, you guys just announced at E3 the Xbox One S, and I wanted to hear you know 
what's the feedback been on on the announcement that was made? And I mean, I just saw recently some some news articles that that it was already sold out on Amazon and the pre-orders were sold out. It looks like it's back up again, but for a little bit there, it was already the pre-orders were, were sold out. It's got to be some exciting, some exciting news for you guys. Yeah, you know, it's always fun to work on projects like that. And hardware obviously has a very long lead time but then to be able to share it uh with our fans you know see the media response you never you know, you know we were very excited about it internally we were i think in pretty awe of the design and a really kind of fresh and unique approach the team has taken uh we saw a lot of the great you know benefits we're really thoughtful about hey this is the right time to bring uh a new uh model to market we can bring a lot of great benefits like 4k you know blu-ray player we can bring 4k you know video streaming we can uh have the ability to even you know up your games to 4k uh and so in addition to reducing the size by 40 percent um removing the power brick which uh might be my personal favorite thing <laughs> and so uh you know it's just a lot of goodness you know being adding in the ir blaster and just a lot of things we've heard from different feedback um and so, yeah, and the, the response has been incredible. I think even better than what we could have ever hoped for, uh, both from our fans, but also from our retail partners. Um, they're really, really excited to support Xbox One S. Um, I think you've seen people that are starting to take pre-orders uh, based on initial allocations. We've seen those uh, demand be really strong. You're right. We've heard uh, from a number of partners that have had uh them sell out and uh i would say we haven't announced the official launch date yet we will be doing that soon um but i expect demand to be really strong and i would recommend pre-ordering if you want to get one on day one because i think they're going to go fast uh which is great it's awesome to have a hit product like that and it's great to see a lot of new people coming into xbox one it's great to see a lot of fans that are uh maybe deciding to upgrade and get a smaller unit uh, whatever it may be uh we're pretty proud of the device and it's great to see the reaction it's awesome i was gonna say sell me on the xbox one s but you you already have and in fact i'm i'm one of those pre-ordered people so i i can't tell you i i'm very much looking forward to getting my hands on the on the s and i agree the the removal of the power brick is probably one of my favorite features since i i tend to travel a bit and i'm looking forward to bringing much smaller xbox one with me on my travels yeah that's great to hear and i think the thing that maybe we've heard an audience we heard a lot from that maybe surprised us a little bit is kind of the home theater enthusiasts and people that were out there saying hey i'm getting ready to go spend 400 dollars on a 4k blu-ray player but this thing is 300 dollars and does 4k blu-ray plus 4k video you know plus gaming you know plus all these other benefits and so um it's kind of nice to you know be able to hear from a you know uh some other folks that were excited about it beyond just kind of our, our typical core core audience great well hey while we're still on this topic of uh hardware uh can you tell us about some of these awesome exclusive bundles that have just been coming out we've got the gears of war and and, and all kinds of other uh cool stuff and uh, i just wanted to know if like uh like Microsoft seems really focused on like you know customer choices and bundles like and, and and like you know customization like with the design labs that just came out and stuff so uh can you tell us a bit about uh, behind that sort of uh, that sort of Sure you know, yeah we're really excited we actually officially announced today 
Um, of course, you know how the internet works. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, but we're, you were excited to officially announce today. I don't know when you guys are airing this, but uh, maybe we've revealed that this show is not live. Yeah. Um, but we officially announced. Don't tell anyone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the secret's out. Hey, Ross team, I've let you guys down. Uh, so, uh, but the um, the we're doing a really really custom. Uh, perhaps one of the best special edition uh, consoles we've maybe ever done with Gears of War. We have an incredible design team here that's worked really closely with uh, with our marketing teams, with um, you know the design, with the uh, you know the folks at Coalition, and um, with actual lasers and fire. They have created oh. uh, a pretty epic and incredible. Um, custom uh, Gears of War bundle that um, not only comes with uh, you know some pretty neat customization, color, design, literally lasers uh, and uh, you know claw marks, if you will, built into the hardware, um, blood sort of dripping all over it, like you would expect with a you know franchise like Gears, known for its uh, its brutality, um, custom controller. And also includes the uh, ultimate edition of Gears of War, which will allow you to play the game uh, four days early uh, in advance of launch and includes kind of all the typical season pass stuff built in as well. Um, the two terabyte model in U.S. prices uh, is $399, and this version is uh, $449, so for $50 more, you get the $100 version of Gears built in, you get all the customization. Uh, I, as a gamer, it's a pretty incredible value, and uh, I expect we will sell out of every one of these Gears bundles, uh, perhaps before anything else. So, yeah. very, very excited, uh, and, and hopefully, hopefully, people like the design and the work that the team did. Ross, are you okay? Yeah, I, I don't know if I can talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like Gears Ultimate Edition built in, uh, yeah. Ross is a huge Gears fan, like the biggest. I had a cat That's called awesome. Carmine. Wow, that's fair. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've got monster claws. We got fire. We are, you know, I mean, we've we and you know, and the thing we and you know, what's nice is that we know that the a super gears fan like you, Ross, kind of person that's going to buy this. Yeah. And I always kind of hate when they do that and they put like the standard edition in there, and you're like, no, I want the ultimate edition. I want the season pass. I want the early act. I want everything. We made sure that. As an ultimate gear fan, this is the ultimate bundle, and uh, so I, I'm, uh, ho- hopefully this is what you were hoping for. Oh yeah, this is exactly what I was looking for. One controller there, the Elite Gears controller on the other side. I'm a happy man. Yeah, so it's got a custom Crimson Omen controller. Uh, it's really, really hot, um, and uh, yeah, it's exciting to finally share with uh, with folks uh, what's involved. And they even put up a little video of um, the process that they use to make it that shows the lasers and actual the fire every single console they use lasers to create those claw marks and um it actually burns and creates fire on the console which is just badass (laughs) now talking of course gears was the e3 and i know it was a few weeks ago but can you give us a rundown on your thoughts in this year's show like what games are you looking most forward to and getting your hands on Wow. Well, we've got an incredible lineup of great first party, you know, exclusives. It starts with um, Record in September. 
And, uh, you know, I think the ability to invest not only in big AAA franchises like Gears, but also to invest in new IP is something that really makes, you know, what we do really fun and to be able to introduce that and to market those and share share that stuff. Working with Inafune-san, uh, you know, obviously a legendary uh, creator over many, many years, and uh, the team at Armature, who are the uh, creators of Metroid Prime, to kind of a dream team working on this new IP. That comes out in September. A great response at E3. I think we had three to four hours lines of people at E3 just waiting wow. to the game. Uh, keep in mind, E3 is a trade show, so this isn't even like consumer show. Uh, and it was fun. Uh, I played the E3 build. It's hard. It's challenging. Uh, and uh, it was great. Uh, and I think people are really going to really, really like that um, title. We'll be sharing a lot more of that um, this summer, and we'll have a playable at a bunch of you know key kind of consumer events uh, around the world. Um, following that, we've got Forza uh, Horizon 3 that comes out later in September. And Playground is building that for us. Um, you know, we've been pretty good about delivering a big AAA Forza release every year. Um, this time we're going down under uh, and uh, integrating Windows 10, integrating co-op, integrating just, I think, really blowing the game out with a lot more vehicles, a lot more terrain. Um, we have a partnership with Lamborghini on that. Uh, as you know, The Centenario, their hot new supercar, is on the cover. Um we're actually, you get to drive a Centenario on the beach, which you probably would not do in real life. Uh, <laughs> Maybe so, not. Uh, yeah, Maybe so not this weekend. You know, games you could do, one, drive cars you could never buy and then just do crazy stuff with them. And, and that's the fun thing about Horizon. It gets you off the track. And, and so that, that's another big, big title for us. Um, that, those two are definitely high on my list. Um, we know Gears will be the biggest exclusive game this year. Um, millions and millions of fans will be buying that title. We're seeing a lot of great uh, interest, uh, you know, from our fans. People are really excited that we confirmed and announced Horde 3.0. Uh, Horde is back, kind of the game that, in many ways, established, pioneered a lot of great cooperative game gameplay. Uh, excited to have that back. A whole new saga, you know, having Rod Ferguson and the team of Coalition building that. Uh, they're saving a lot of surprises, uh, and so we'll reveal a lot, but we want to, you know, uh, not reveal everything and, and save some for, for people to get the game. Uh, and then, yeah, after that, we've got Dead Rising, which we're publishing as a second party partner in partnership with Capcom, uh, Dead Rising 4, and um, bringing Frank back, going back to kind of the original where that started. So those are just the exclusives this holiday. Uh, didn't cover any of the ID titles. Um, you know, we've got Cuphead, we've got Inside we just launched, we've got Below, um, a number of other, you know, every week we're launching great new ID games. Uh, in addition to third-party titles, we're partnering with Battlefield um, on Battlefield 1, and, and we have a number of other partnerships with Madden and FIFA and things like that. So uh, EA Access. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, we've got a lot of games coming if you're, if you're an Xbox owner or a new Xbox buyer uh, this holiday. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Actually, I just got to latch on to something you said a little while back when you said other consumer events. So, Gamescom? Yes, we're going to Gamescom. In fact, I'm going to Gamescom. I've raised yes. my hand. I've signed up. I, uh, we're, we're, we're taking a bit of a different approach to Gamescom this year, really focusing on it as a consumer show, first and foremost. Uh, we know not only do hundreds and thousands of fans go to that you know, from Germany, but throughout Europe. Um, we're going to be bringing, uh, you know, all of our top, uh, games to Gamescom 
and uh, I'll be there. We're hosting a fan fest there. Uh, we're not doing a media briefing this year um, at Gamescom, but we will definitely uh, be, you know, we have a media reception. We'll be doing a lot of gameplay, uh, a lot of interviews, that kind of thing. And um, we'll be sharing a lot more uh, there about all of our uh, key titles and, and everything else that's happening in, uh, at Xbox. I'm super excited. I'm going to be there. So the, uh, I'm definitely going to be there for some uh, high fives, Mr. Greenberg. We should. I love to high five. So yes. uh, let's plan on that. <laughs> Maybe we I've, can I've already it. got... I've already got Larry on the line for one, so that's one hand taken, but but the other one's nice. all good. Nice, nice. <laughs> I made it weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we could do a contest, like a high-fiving challenge or something, and Holy crap. you think that I could beat Larry out, you've got my interest, so. Okay, this, this is happening. You, you yeah. hear that, Larry? If you're listening, this is happening. That's right, Larry. Exactly. Yeah, then we'll do fist bumps as a follow-up. This will not end. This will not end well for you, Larry Herb. <laughs> so so aaron i wanted to ask you what, what type of gamer are you wow I, yeah i'm a gamer that works too much is what i am. Uh, i know the feeling yeah so uh yeah uh you know i try to play a little bit of everything i play a lot of stuff early because we're working with the development teams um on them before launch and providing feedback so um you know, the last, well, the most recent game I played was Inside uh, that I played, you know, kind of from beginning to end. And I've always had a special place in my heart for um, our indie games from even from the Xbox Live Arcade days. I helped launch that uh, service with the team back in the day. Um, love. I just I love the creation of what happens when a game gets made and you know, the types of games that the smaller development teams are creating uh, as true artists, their passion for those, the uniqueness of that, the ideas and creativity that they come up with is just un unmatched. And so I think Inside, you know, really is a you know kind of classic example of, you know, a small development team, the guys at Play Dead and, um, you know, in Copenhagen, they have spent years working on, you know, just an absolute incredible masterpiece, a true piece of art where it, you know, it fills the entire screen. It touches your emotions. The audio is perfectly crafted. You know, every little animation, uh, there, I could not find a single flaw in that game uh, anywhere. Even when you want to go back and find things, the little red dots that help you find, you know, your progress. I mean, every little was perfect. Uh, Yes. Uh, I don't think I gave any spoilers yet, did I? No, you're just frightening me. I haven't played it yet. Okay. So uh, no spoilers, but I will say, you know, and the and the beautiful thing is, you know, there's 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 it is uh, very atmospheric, and and so uh, you don't there's no audio, uh, there's no text uh, and dialogue. Sorry. So uh, it's very universal. Anyone in any country in any language could play it and have the same experience that I had. Uh, which I just love. And um, and the only thing I'll say is that when the game ends, uh, you'll be thinking about it for a long time. And what is the meaning of that? And, uh, you know, I think people that don't play video games, uh, I kind of, after a game like that, I go, man, I feel for them because they are actually missing out on a true, you know, incredibly touching, impactful piece of art that, uh, they just will miss if they actually don't ever play video games that you cannot experience in any other medium. Wow. Well, 
while we're on the topic of video games, I want to ask about Little Greenberg. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not that type of podcast. It's not that type of podcast. Come on. <laughs> Again with the weird. <laughs> <laughs> so many jokes I could make, but it would end up being a headline on the, on, on some game site. So I'll <laughs> restrain from, from adding humor to your comment. All the clicks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, what, what I wanted to ask you was, uh, when did you first get into gaming? You know, what was your like your first console or first gaming experience, you know, like the first character you ever like connected with that, that made you the gamer you are today? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, gosh, uh, I had an Atari 2600. So that would have been, um, you know, uh, the first game console that I had. Uh, I had the NES and... Uh, the uh, SNES or Super Nintendo, and then um, you know, didn't I, I? I played some PlayStation uh, One, but wasn't like a big, big PS One guy. Um, it was a big Dreamcast guy, uh, and then ended up, you know, kind of being really lucky getting to work on on Xbox, uh, and so. But then I just sort of had everything. Uh, but I'd say my roots were more in the kind of, you know, Atari, Nintendo, kind of early days, Dreamcast, uh, before, you know, getting into the into the Xbox, Xbox and what we created here. That's super cool. Now, you are very, very active on Twitter. What is it like interacting with the community on a daily basis there? Yeah, well, Twitter's an incredible tool. Um, you know, the for me as a marketer, you know, I really care a lot uh, and deeply about what our fans uh, think about their feedback and uh, ideas they have and stuff they love that we're doing, stuff they don't love we're doing, stuff they wished we were doing. And so, um, you know, to be able to go out to Twitter and interact and uh, engage with them on a daily basis uh, is super helpful for me. And uh, it's great. You know, you form a lot of friendships. You are able to stay connected uh, with a lot of people around the world uh, in a really efficient, efficient way. And uh, I get a lot of great ideas. I get a lot of great feedback. I, people entertain me. Um, a lot of, they do a lot of funny things with, with my face sometimes and animations. So thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and your beard with Josh Stein. That is true. Yes. <laughs> the beard has yeah, grown beyond even where it has on myself. So yeah, so we have fun, you know, and uh, I think that's what really makes Xbox so special is that, you know, we've always had that deep connection with our community from the early days when we were launching Xbox Live. And, you know, I just think about things like your gamer tag, your achievements and Xbox Live and, you know, um, guys like Major Nelson and, you know, all, you know, and our connection with the community has always been really deep and. Uh, that's something I'm really proud of, um, and I spend a lot of time uh, as well. And I know Phil Spencer spends a lot of time as well. This is something we do in our free time because it's just built into you know our passion and, and how we and how we connect. Uh, that's how we arrange this. Just also walked by my office. Oh, see how you feel. Talking about you, by the way. I'm on a podcast interview with the um, with the Reddit guys. You're welcome to crash if you want. Please okay. do. He's all he's all business, but uh, <laughs> oh, you're getting food. Uh, he's... 
He's a busy man. So he gets no high fives. No. <laughs> exactly. But we have fun. We love what we do. I think we all feel super fortunate to get to work in the games industry, get to create games and hardware and accessories and, you know, build on the live service and, you know, all those things, you know, uh, that I kind of talked about are things that I think make us unique. And uh, so it's it's kind of an honor to get to do that and engage with our fans in that way. So, Aaron, we, you know, speaking of Phil Spencer there, we've had we've had Major Nelson on. We've now had you on, which we're very excited about. We've even had Josh Steen, not Stein. Or is it Stein, not Steen? I, I always get those confused. <laughs> I call him right. Stein, but I could be getting it wrong. No, 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 no. It, it's all me. Uh, it, on one of our earlier podcasts that we had him on, I butchered his name like 18 times over. <laughs> awesome. You know he's about three feet tall, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> I am jealous of his Gears of War shoes that he now has. That I yes, saw on- <laughs> my team made those, uh, but we, so, we finally found a found a way to make them small enough to fit his feet. So what I wanted to say was, uh, we need your help getting Phil on, and we almost had him there until Reese just booed him out of the room. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Hopefully someday we'll be able to get Phil on. Hopefully, we'll well, I actually him. had lunch with Phil yesterday, and um, I know you guys have asked to get an interview with him, and I'll just raise my hand and say I will help try to make that happen. I'll tell you, Phil would love to chat with you guys. So uh, I know he's a regular, um, you know, reader of Reddit, and oh, oh, now you're not too busy. Who was on the phone? Uh, these are your. We got Clay, Ross, Reese. We got the team. Uh, Ross is on the phone. Ross is on the phone. Oh my god! So what is this? I've done two podcast interviews with them, and Ross has ditched me every single. <laughs> hey guys. Yes. Hey, what's going on, I'm Major? Not, I'm not answering always, you. Always, you're, listen, you're I don't. I don't. I just. I realized you guys were on with the great big VIP Aaron Greenberg, and I said I got to stop by. I don't want to take too much of his airtime. Oh please. I've already done that, but it's always good to talk to you guys. And Ross, come on, man. When are we going to talk together? Huh? Never. It's never happening. <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys have have some fun with Aaron. He's the, he's the best. Go easy on him, all right? Hey, hey Larry, we, we next time we have you on, we want Crazy Larry on, not not regular. Oh, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> we want we all want Crazy Larry. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you guys. You guys want a scoop? Here's the here's the here's your Reddit here's your Reddit podcast scoop. When we shoot those, I can only shoot them about once every eight months because they're exhausting. And I have to shoot the script eight different times in eight different uh, wardrobe changes. And then it's, by the end of it, I'm just sitting in a corner going, because I'm exhausted. So, what you're saying is if we didn't do the video, then we would get more sales. <laughs> it, I'll tell you, it's crazy. But anyway, all right, you guys have fun with, uh, you guys have fun with Aaron and uh, Ross. We'll talk later about this. Yeah, maybe. Awesome. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. See you, Major. That's great. There we go. Even a special guest, unexpected. Yeah. Uh, so yes, we'll work on Phil, uh, and I know he. I know he wants to come on. In fact, he told me that. So uh, we'll just scheduling, and you know, uh, while I have a busy job, he has to run the entire Xbox business. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm sure uh, we'll we'll make it happen. It will happen. Now, Aaron, I do not know how much you've been briefed on the questions that we ask on this podcast. But there is one question that frightens every single one of our guests. And oh, that what? is, which classic video game character could you knock out with one punch? Which classic video game? You want some oh. context? 
So yeah, some why? context. I, you know, Scooter didn't brief me at all. The guy, you know, just, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't. I, I'm sure he tried to, but it's probably we just didn't get time. <laughs> Wari said Frogger. Ooh. Yeah, uh, your entire Xbox support team had various different animals. I see. Um, I'd take out Rash, I think. Ooh. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. You take Rash? I think so. I mean, that feels like a bigger challenge than Frogger. Yeah, that's true. You trying to one up Larry. So, uh, yeah, I'd go. I'd go. Yeah, I'd go for Rash. That'd be my. That'd be my final answer. Okay. <laughs> we'll make like sure it. we add that to the list. I think you're near the top, though, because that's a quite a hard challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, God. Yeah. But you meant, just to understand, did you mean like I could take, you said with one punch versus not that I could actually beat the game? Because this, now. This is happening. You're, you're, you know, you're going to be in a ring. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Right. But anyway, look, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Uh, and answer the questions from subreddit and from ourselves but hopefully we'll get to speak to you again in the future and... absolutely yeah and i just say you know a thanks to everybody that contributes to the xbox one subreddit and um you know it's a i regularly read that and there's a lot of great uh I, what i love in particular is people are fair and thoughtful and i think it's extremely representative of our community and what people are thinking and ideas and so it's a really healthy uh place to go read and and i really appreciate that and uh and look forward to listening uh more to your guys' show as well thanks a lot all the mods are uh are, are super jealous i know that they're not here on here tonight but uh they, they want to say thanks for all your support and for everyone from xbox for uh jumping onto our subreddit and actually you know uh, talking with us and, and and being a part of the community we we're really happy to have you there my pleasure. I look forward to doing this again, and uh, we'll work on Phil Spencer. Fantastic. Wow, Reese, that was amazing. Wow. So we Holy had crap. Aaron wow. Greenberg. Mm. We had Phil Spencer sort of until you booed him. Well, uh, well yeah, uh, about that, Phil. Uh, I, I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still holding my guns. I'm never appearing on the same podcast as Major Nelson. <laughs> but I don't know how we're going to talk this for next week but thank you everyone for joining us sorry there's no news from the subreddit but we just had two amazing interviews we just had to let you hear and we'll join you again next week for the next episode of Party Chat and Xbox Off You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast The official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit Let's do this. Well, guys, you've been waiting for it. It's an interview with the one, the only, Mr. Aaron Greenberg. And a little bit of major thrown in. And maybe someone else. Uri Spurs. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>